second reading, another encounter with Jesus that follows on from the one we just looked at. Uh, John 4, and we'll start at the start of the chapter. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Then a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, who it, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as also his sons and his flocks and herds? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you'll worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Hannah Blackburn. Okay. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Um, I'm excited to be up here. This is is really nerve-wracking, but exciting. Um, I've actually been really looking forward to this morning. Anyway, baptisms in here. That's really exciting. But you might see me later. I will also be wet because my face gets very wet, crying and emotional watching baptisms. So I, I just, it's something emotional and exciting. So just, yeah, look forward to that. Anyway, I've been asked to share a thought or two on this story. Yeah, I was told I only, needed, only had five minutes. I think it took more than five minutes to read the verses. So I'm going to struggle. Bear with me. Um, in this story, we find Jesus all alone, having a rest while his disciples go and get food. Along comes a woman to fill her jar of water from the well. Jesus, being the observant type, he uh, recognizes her and sees that actually she's come out in the hottest part of the day to do this manual task, rather than coming when it's cooler, because perhaps she wasn't welcome at those times. And he strikes up a conversation, starting with a question. Can you get me a drink? The conversation then gets quite interesting. She was a Samaritan. He was a Jew. Samaritans and Jews didn't even go near each other, let alone talk or ask each other for a drink. But Jesus moves on from this awkward subject, making it obvious he didn't care about the rules of society and, in fact, chooses to offer her a drink, a drink that would mean that she'd never need another drink again, something that he called living water. Now, this living water Jesus is talking about is the living essence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual life, a spirit-filled life. He offers it to her, saying, drink and you will not be thirsty again. Drink and this living water will flow like a spring from you. Jesus isn't talking about an actual drink because we all need water to stay alive. But he's talking about more than just staying alive. He's talking about really living 
He's talking about coming to him, getting to know him, spending time in his presence, walking and working in his power and his strength. Only this type of living water can truly quench her thirst. The woman then gets a bit excited, thinking that Jesus is telling her she doesn't need to keep coming to the well for water. She says, show me where this water is so I don't have to keep doing this. Jesus recognizes that perhaps she hasn't quite got the point, um, that it's not just water, but living water. So he goes on to make it completely obvious that he wasn't just a man hanging out by a well. He tells her her whole life story without even knowing her. He tells her that he is, the, is Christ, the Christ, the one they were waiting for to bring new life. And so, after being told these things that no one else could have known about her, and figuring out that she had perhaps been talking to the Messiah, the Christ, she gives up on the water jar altogether and heads straight back to town to tell everyone who she's, that, who she's just met and that perhaps he could be the long-awaited Christ. And the town listen, and they come and see for themselves. And that's the end of the story. But of course, it's not, is it? Because we too are invited to come and drink this living water. We too get thirsty. We get grumpy, dissatisfied with our lives and start looking in the wrong places for things to fill us up. We seek approval from people, popularity, success. We want the best stuff and the house exception that will solve everything. Guilty. Um, but these things and more besides... Keep, can't and usually don't quench our thirst. We need Jesus. The word drink that's used in this text actually means to continuously drink from. It's not a one-off. Jesus invites us to come and continuously fill ourselves up from the never-ending supply of living water so that we might not become thirsty again. And even more than that, that we then flow out to those around us. In fact, I think if we are being filled from this living water regularly, it will just naturally flow out anyway. A little later on in John chapter 7, he talks about this water again. And he says, whoever believes in me will have streams of living water flowing from in them. Uh, as a result of reading this story, I've decided to force myself or rather get Nathan to kick me out of bed early enough before the kids get up just to spend time drinking in Jesus. It is so hard, I tell you. But I just don't want to miss out on this free and never-ending gift, this supply of thirst-quenching water. I need him more than anything else just to be able to do my day. Um, so I'm going to ask you, are you thirsty? Do you need to come back to the well and drink? Do you need to book in time when you regularly drink in Jesus? Let's come to him and be filled so that we can go out into this world, pouring out Jesus onto anyone and everyone who's around us. Our 20 days of uh, prayer and fasting are over, but Jesus has so much more for you, so much more for Crawley. So let's do this together. Okay, I'm going to read from John chapter 4, verses, verse 27. Just then, Jesus' disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him some food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. 
church, we've just been hearing some profound truth from, from you know, Hannah um, about Jesus' encounter um, with the woman at the well. And I just want to carry on from there and kind of tag on to, uh, you know, where Hannah left off. And um, have we got some slides? Great. Um, so there are a couple of, a couple of um, well, I say a couple. There's four key points I think um, I'd like to draw out of the encounter. And the first, uh, next slide, please, is living without judgment. Okay. We see Jesus demonstrate this uh, clearly by, as Hannah pointed out, coming out of a cultural context where Jesus Samaritans are not meant to talk to each other at all. And Jesus comes, comes out of that cultural context, out of that, you know, what we could describe as Christianity of that time, go against all of that and speak to this woman. But Jesus doesn't judge her based on her past. He knows her past. Jesus doesn't judge her and neither did the disciples. But what's important as well is Jesus isn't worried about judgment himself. Jesus isn't worried about how people would see him and how people would judge him for speaking to a Samaritan woman. So there are two angles to judgment there. And we see that the disciples as well do not judge Jesus and do not judge the woman. And what's the net result of that? The woman goes into her city and she becomes a disciple. She brings about salvation for that city just through her encounter with Jesus. The second thing I think we can draw out of Jesus' encounter from that passage with the disciples, next slide please, is loving and being open to whoever God is reaching and seeing no barriers. There are loads of barriers here that, that you know, Jesus could have, could have seen. There's loads of barriers we could have seen as well. We could have said, well, we're not allowed to integrate with these people. And it's, you know, it's, it's been our culture for, for however long. We could have also looked at the woman's past and been like, okay, um, why are you coming to the world, like Hannah pointed out, at this time of the day? Who are you trying to hide from? We don't want to be seen with you. But more than that, Jesus sees no barriers. And again, as we see, the net result of that is salvation for many. You know, this is one that really resonated with me because initially I had a, I had a little sound clip to play on this, but technology, eh? But um, it really resonated with me because, I mean, some of the uh, youngsters will probably know about this, um, more than some of the youngsters. Um, but yeah, recently, or not, you know, sometime last year, um, one of our well-known celebrities, you know, superstar, came to know Christ and he released the Christian album or gospel album, he calls it. And what really got to me and what really, you know, pained me or broke my heart is he said in one of his songs that when he said he was going to release a gospel album, it was the Christians that judged him first. The other thing that really broke my heart as well was he said when he went through a period of mental, mental breakdown, the Christians around him were beaten into cultural, he, he, and these were his words, beaten into cultural submission. They weren't free to tell him about Jesus. They weren't free to tell him about the gospel because he was a superstar. They were afraid of judgment. They were afraid that they would lose probably the connections he had or he would, you know, tweet about them or something. But he said he wishes his friends, his Christian friends, had told him about Christ. I'm talking about Kanye West. Next slide, please. And it's been a bone of contention. You know, he's, he's been written about in Christian magazines and, um, and one of the most popular Christian magazines, Twitter. Um, but yeah, generally the thoughts went one of two ways. All of it summarized into people saying, Kanye West is not a Christian. Okay? Some people saw it a different way. And someone writes there, I'll just read it out in case it's too small. It says, because of the Jesus is King album, which is what Kanye titled his album, I've had more real conversations about Jesus with my lost friends, who I grew up with, and with teenage guys I disciple in the last 24 hours than I have in five years. There Kanye wears, God is using your album to spark gospel conversations. Now, I, I struggled when Kanye West came out at first. I, I thought... Like everyone else, ah, is he really a Christian or is he just jumping on a bandwagon? But then I, I've listened to his testimony and, you know, 
He is giving Jesus the glory and he's admitting that he's submitted to Christ. That's a public admission of faith. And we're going to see some public admissions of faith today as well. So the question is, going back on judgment, are we the ones who decides who Christ loves, who God loves? Are we the ones who decides who a Christian is and who a Christian isn't? Something quite profound as well that I'd like to share. Next slide, please. Um, Previous slide. There we go. Android users are quicker to judge than iPhone users. Next slide, please. Okay. So, I'll let you settle down. Another point. Open eyes beyond limit, beyond our limits to the true harvest that is ripe all around us. Now, how many of the disciples would have thought that that city was ripe for Jesus? How many of them would have thought, actually, if we went into this city, we could win majority of the city for Jesus today? Now, these people were ripe, but it took Jesus acting in what I call prophetic evangelism to win them. Okay. And this is something I think you know, we, can, we can take out of this, or at least the prayer we can take out of this. And pray God open our eyes beyond our limits, because our limits are truly limiting. Okay? If we were those disciples, we wouldn't have thought we could have gone to that city and we would have won people on the same day that we approached. But by Jesus speaking to this woman at the very point of her need, she was able to become his witness in the city. And people seeing that change, people seeing her, led to even a bigger salvation than if the disciples had just wandered in and performed one or two miracles. I heard a um, a testimony, a story, um, quite recently. I don't know know when it happened, but quite recently, um, about someone in worship who was deaf in her left ear. And she had been beaten by a crowbar which caused that deafness. And during worship, someone got the word crowbar. And he said, how can, I, how can I go up during worship and just say crowbar? You know, I haven't got the full picture. I don't understand what this is. I need to, I need to see the full picture before I share this. But it was really, really heavy on his heart, and he just went out and said, crowbar. And this one burst out crying. And she said during worship, God had told her he was going to heal her of her crowbar issue. And that solidified her faith. And we see that happening here. Open eyes beyond our limits. It's only God that can lead us to to meet people right at the point of their need, right when they're ripe, and lead to salvation in no other way. Next slide, please. Now, finally... Who have we stayed apart from that God loves? Noah started off, um, and I think uh, Jeremiah mentioned it as well, saying every knee will bow. There's no barriers. There's no qualifications to it. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So who have we stayed, stayed away from? Either because of barriers, either because of cultural context, um, Who have we stayed away from that we should connect back with? And I think that's something we need to pray today. Who have we stayed away from because we're afraid of judgment? We might have got the judgment part right and not judge them. But are we afraid of judgment? Are we afraid to interact because we feel we might be judged? Let's take a lesson from Jesus. Let's take a lesson from his disciples. And learn to step out because God does work in marvelous ways when we step out. Okay. So we're going to have a drama, and then we're going to go straight into the baptisms. That was brilliant. Okay, I'm going to call up Steve, and we're going to try and get the baptism ready. Let's do it. it. Yeah, yeah, well done. Do we just get the clips off, Steve? This is our friend Steve, who's uh, supplied us with a hot tub today. Hello, Steve. We are undoing the clips on the hot tub. (laughs) Well, it's a real thrill. Um, 
So we've got the privilege of baptizing two very precious people today. Look at that, 40 degrees. Um, and uh, maybe um, we can just get one or two towels around the edge so we don't get a tidal wave over the stage and the electrics in a minute. Another one or two can help with that. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, are we lined up with a video from Big Mike as well? So just before we introduce Merv and Sophie and just hear a little of their stories and pray for them, uh, this Wednesday we had the privilege of baptizing someone else. Mike um, uh, was hoping to be here this morning, um, but he's a, he's a professional footballer and um, Mike's come to know Jesus very recently. We've been helping him grow um, and he got transferred to another club this week and on Monday evening was WhatsApping me saying, uh, can I get baptized tomorrow or Wednesday, because uh, I want to follow Jesus. Um, he's been learning to pray just like that, just like the last uh, section in the sketch, by the way, not the earlier ones. Um, and it's just so beautiful to see. And so uh, we're so grateful that a number of you at short notice were able to come on Wednesday morning uh, and we baptised Mike uh, with another of his friends who's a footballer, who's a believer, and we're able to baptise him and pray for him and prophesy over him. Thank you, those that were able to come, and many of you who've been praying for Mike since then. But Mike knows he's a part of this family, even though they're rarely able to get here Sunday mornings because of training. Um, but we wanted to make sure we filmed Mike's baptism and showed you this morning as a part of our family celebration, because that is a part of this. Does that make sense? So let's celebrate Mike's as well, and then we'll welcome... <laughs> So that's, that's Big Mike. Uh, he's 6'3", and uh, thankfully he's got good core muscles. Otherwise, I'd, I'd never have got him up again. Um, but uh, we, we've got even more space today, so that's good news, isn't it? So, uh, Merv, Soph, uh, why don't you come down? Uh, let's welcome them, everybody. Uh, when, we, when we do baptisms, it's just great to hear a little bit of people's stories. We're going to be doing lots of these through the year. Um, and just to hear that people are following Jesus. Sometimes people are very confident in doing that. Sometimes they're a, a bit nervous. And you guys can be quite nerve-wracking uh, when we look out at you in this way. So Merv's just asked if I can ask him a few questions. So, so Merv, you've just been following Jesus over the last year? Yes. Okay. And, <laughs> and That's the correct answer. That, that yeah. is the correct answer. Okay. And... Uh, Tell us, um, uh, how, do you want to say how you've got to this point today? Do you want to say anything about that in terms of the foundations we've been looking at uh, that have led us up to baptism? Or do you just want me to ask you a couple of straight questions? Straight questions. Okay. So Merv, uh, in a little group with us, has, has been looking at some foundations, what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, and uh, they speak about repenting, turning from our sins. So have you, have you turned away from your sins? I have turned away from my sins. Yeah, well, that was a whole sentence. Well done. That's great to hear. And uh, when we turn from our sins, we turn to Jesus. So we're, what Merv's doing in his baptism today is saying that he's not only has he turned away from his independence, but he's going to wholeheartedly follow Jesus now for the rest of his life. Are you saying yes to that? I am wholeheartedly following Jesus. Another sentence. That, that just about says it all, really. Uh, and so we're, we're going to baptize Merv today uh, to, to signify that, um, that Merv is now living a new life for Jesus, and we're going to pray for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that God will give him power uh, to, to live for him and to grow in relationship with him. Is that what you're expecting? Uh, that's what I'm expecting. Okay, that's great. So we'll pray, pray for Merv in a moment. Sophie, do you, are you happy to talk? You are. Okay. Sophie. Hello. <laughs> um, well, I have known Jesus my whole life, I suppose. My parents are very strong believers. <laughs> um, they'd have to be their missionaries. That's the context. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I suppose I, I really started um, having a relationship really with Jesus when I was about 18. Um, we just moved back from South Africa to here. Um, I was at New Day. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, you know, an incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I knew since about then that I should probably get baptized. Um, but I mean, there was always a good reason not to. <laughs> um, either, you know, my family wasn't here or I wasn't here or something very important was happening somewhere else. Um, but I think now it's a, a turning point. Um, 
I want to... Uh, <laughs> I've been struggling with purpose for the last couple of years, and um, it wasn't until I sort of decided on baptism that I realized, you know, God is a purpose, and it's not about finding a roadmap, it's about finding God. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm wow. here. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Well done. So it's amazing. This week we're with Mike, with Mervyn, with Sophie, we've got three very different people. Uh, Mike really in the last couple of months become a follower of Jesus. Merv over the last year, Soph grown up in a Christian family. Um, all three needing to respond obediently to Jesus' call to repent, believe, be baptised. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you're a guest here today, you might even be here for the first time and think, what is all this about? We're simply trying to follow Jesus and, and do it by how it is in the book. Uh, and these guys are taking courageous steps of faith and obedience in, in doing that today. So it's good news, hey? Uh, so are there some that are going to help baptise today? Who's... Uh, Who's coming? To come down. Let's 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 get this uh, let's get this going, hey? Let's get this party started. So, who's going to go first? There are some uh, some do nots on the side here, and one of them is no bombing. Uh, so I'm sorry about that. And uh, there's no chance any of you are pregnant either this morning? There's Slim to none. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll get your feet forward. If you get your arms in front of you like that, then they can get behind you. There's no danger of you flapping about then. And, uh, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I can do that. You can do that. Thank you, Mike. We don't go down with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've heard him say that, so I just say we've heard you say you're following yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Lord, I thank you for Merv. And uh, I just want to say we're now going to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So if you, if you know and love Merv, and I know the whole family does, but, but some of you just come around. We want to pray for Merv now. And in particular, again, in the Bible, when people are baptised in water, we're praying particularly, God, would you also fill them with your Holy Spirit? In the same way Merv's be, just been soaked in water, we want him absolutely soaked with this living water Hannah was preaching about earlier. So why don't some of you get around and just pray out some prayers we can all say amen to. One, of you that are gonna, one or two of you are going to prophesy as well, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. As I was praying for you this morning, Uncle Merv, God gave me the words, voice of influence, that you're going to have a voice of influence in your life, where it is at work or at home or with friends. There's going to be a power in your voice. So it says in 2 Timothy, for the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. And that is what I pray for you this morning. That God would not make you timid, but actually give you power in your voice. That your spirit would overflow out of you constantly. That you constantly drink and then come to the well and then come out and then overflow into people. And the power of your voice would just be God's breathed. Lord, just pray that over him now. Thank you, Father. I've got to come in straight away because I had um, Psalm 29, which talks about the voice of the Lord over the waters. And his, his voice thunders. And I had exactly the same word for you, Merv, that your voice would be very powerful, that you would use all your knowledge from the past in a way that just blows people away. And now your knowledge of God is growing. Oh, the words that you will say and the voice that you will use 
will be so powerful. Thank you. Merv, I've known you a long time, and it's so special to actually see you being baptized today. Such an amazing answer to prayer. But God gave me a word for you, and that was, there's so many teaching aids and spreadsheets and lessons that you've known all over the years, but you don't need any of those now because God's got you, and he'll give you everything you need to, for the next part of your journey. So just want to say, bless you, Lord. Bless you, Father God, for everything you've done in Merv's and, and Jackie and the family's life, Father God. Thank you. Merv, it says in Psalm 24, um, first six verses, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? This is who. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. That's what you've done. You've, you've turned away from idols and false gods. They will receive, you Merv, will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, your Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. I just want to thank you, Lord, that Merv has turned away from false gods, from idols, from his own way, from the way of the world. And he has turned to you. He has turned to you. And Lord, that you have given him the promise that he can now stand in your holy place because he has clean hands and a pure heart, because you have made his hands clean and you have made his heart pure. And I just want to thank you so much, Lord, that he knows that he is now in the presence of the living, loving, perfect, amazing God. In Jesus' name. Um, the baptism, and well, becoming a Christian, and then the next step of baptism is, is such an amazing thing. But I think some people maybe hesitate over it. I know I dragged my heels for a good while, um, thinking that, in doing that, in taking that step, in becoming born again, you are going to become less of who you are. And I think quite an important thing to remember for the guys being baptised and perhaps anyone who hasn't done it is that it's not, God doesn't want us to become less of who we are. He wants us to become more of who he intended us to be. And in straying away from him, we've almost missed that path. And this is just a, an amazing step in taking us back to that kingdom potential that God has for us. So just pray that over Merv this morning and for this journey that he's setting out on now, that he would know that God has such good things in store for him. Any changes that are going to be made are not lessening him. They're just increasing God within him, increasing him back to that path, that intended kingdom purpose that God has for him. Just pray he knows that. He knows the goodness of his father in heaven. He knows the love that's been poured out for him. Just know that he just keeps that in his heart as he moves forward, Lord. And just for anyone else, just remember that. If you're hesitating over it, just think of it in that different way. Um, I got it. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a picture um, twofold uh, for you, Merv. And it was a picture of a desert um, and, and the sun rising. And I feel like God wants to say to you um, that he's going to start some restoration and you might feel like you've lost some years, but God's saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to put you on a fast track and I'm going to restore all that you might have lost. And I also feel God saying, actually, I'm going to use you to turn deserts into fruitful land. And that's the first picture I got. And I think that is so powerful. And, and everything everyone's been sharing is just sort of... Um, solidified that but yeah lord we just we just pray that your plans and your purposes from earth will come to pass we know that you destined that he would come to know you you destined that he would do great and mighty things in your name and together we stand behind him amen Yeah, Merv, it's, it's, there's two types of desert, but they, they mean the same thing in a way. I, I was praying for you this morning, and God gave me a picture of an incredibly stormy sea. And, uh, you know, the thing about being a sailor on a sea that is so bad is that you lose all hope. But uh, God gave me this picture of this lighthouse 
standing tall on the rock. Uh, you know, Jesus being the rock and that lighthouse shining out hope across the storm we see. There will be many who have lost hope, but God wants to use you in that, to remember to stand on him, on that rock, so that you can shine that hope to those others who are lost and hopeless. I wasn't going to do this, um, but I have to because that's exactly the same picture I got this morning was of a storm, and I didn't quite understand it when I was talking to God, but God told me he's going to keep your head above the storm, and he is going to shine. You are going to shine his light, Merv. Um, And I just wanted to share with everybody last night when we were praying, and Merv asked God to fill him with the Holy Spirit, and I just really wish that collectively right now we can pray that for him because that's what he most wants. Thank you, Lord. If you have followed Jesus, why don't you just stand up now and we're going to, the, the one thing Merv needs more than anything other than our love and our care is, is that the Holy Spirit fills him and fills him and fills him. Let's pray that now. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't leave, you don't leave Merv as a child, as an orphan, as an infant, get on with life on his own. No, we say fill him, grow him, bring him to maturity, work out your life in him, flood him with your power. Just pray those kinds of prayers. Pray in the Spirit if, you, if God's given you those, those gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to keep praying for Merv and for Soph and for Mike this week. Whenever you say your prayers, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're praying, please just remember, I'm going to pray all more of you, Holy Spirit. Um, guys, I know you don't want to get out of that warm water, but why don't you get out and, and let the ladies in. Okay, just for those who don't know, this is uh, Sophie's grandma and granddad. And, and for others who don't know, they're actually part of the four couples that started this church in 1978. So, there we go. Okay. So, Sophie, we just heard you confess that you are following Jesus, that you want to be more like him. So we are very happy and very proud to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Same again, if you have friends and family, I invite you to come down to, to pray for Sophie. For us, this is a great day. It's good to become a Christian. It's good to see your children following. But now when grandchildren do so, it's marvellous. 
and we thank God for Sophie and it's been wonderful to see you growing. We didn't see you when you were first born. It had, that, that happened in Thailand. <laughs> um, but we know you now much better. And it's been great to see you growing, developing, and above all, getting to know God in a positive way and in affecting your life. And our prayer now is that you too will be filled with the Spirit, you'll know what your God's purpose is for your future. Uh, he won't let you just wander and, and just think what you might do. No, he's got a plan. And uh, through prayer, and prayer of, of, of all of us, you'll find that plan. And please follow it and find that you've got not only a work to do, but a great blessing for you and for others. Amen. Yeah, yeah Sophie, is, um, the, I had a psalm for you as well, and this is Psalm 25, the first five verses. In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor... Let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. And the next couple of verses just really struck me when you shared about your search for purpose and, and where you are now. It says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. And teach me, for you are God my saviour and my hope is in you all day long. And I just really believe that God wants to say to you that your purpose is God's purpose. And finding his purpose and his path and his way is where you will find your purpose and your path and your way. And by doing this, by being obedient to the first thing he says for us to do when we get saved is the first step on finding his way and his purpose and his path. And so I just want to pray for Sophie. I want to pray for all of us but particularly for you, Sophie. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you don't leave us blind and scrabbling around in the dark for a purpose and a way to go, but you are the light of the world that we can follow. You have a path and you have a way and you have a purpose that you are trying to achieve on the earth for your glory, and you invite us to join you in that. And so I just want to pray for Sophie right now that as she as you open her eyes to what you are doing, that she will be able to go with you on that exciting journey. And in that, she will find the purpose that you have created her to have. And she will become the woman that you have created her to be. Thank you for her. Thank you for this first public step on that journey. And I pray it will be the first of many, many steps towards what you have for her. In Jesus' name. I think there's a theme <laughs> to this morning. Um, when I was praying for you this morning, um, God gave me this verse, and I'm going to slightly change it. But you, woman of God, because it says man of God, but pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And I... I just see in you a, such a godly character. And that's the most important thing. And whatever you end up doing, as long as you're pursuing him, that you're working on your character, you're being, becoming more like him, then God's happy with that. We were praying for you yesterday, Sophie, and the word that just kept coming to me, the phrase kept coming to me, it was, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And it was just this whole feeling of, you know, you, your parents, yes, the Lord is their shepherd, but he's your shepherd and he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to show you the way. He's going to lead you in green places. He's going to be with you through the valleys. He's going to be with you and he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. And just that total confidence that he's got you. He's got good plans for you and he's going to show you each step. Sophie, the... Uh, word I had for you was uh, explorer 
that uh, God is calling you to be his explorer. It may not be in a geographical sense, but there's something about you that, that wants to know, wants to understand. Um, and I just felt God was saying he wants you to climb a mountain with him. And after that, he'll take you up the next mountain top. And if you will go with him one mile, he'll take you the next mile. And also deeper. If you go deeper with him, he will then take you even more deep. Is that right? Um, deeper. So there's this sense of God carrying you beyond what you think you can do. And that he will sustain you. And he will be with you. And I just also had a sense that when there's been a sharp bend in your road, you're learning not to let that phase you, but to carry on. And when there's a barrier in the road, you, you climb over it. And when the, there is no road, and it's dark, and it's very lonely, you are not alone. God is with you, and he will be with you. He is within you. And he will not leave you. <laughs> Ladies first, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sophie, when I um, saw you were being baptised today, I I had this um, a sense that wherever you were, Jesus was going to be. I think that's been, we've known you, or of you, <laughs> since you were born. And, uh, and so wherever you are, Jesus is. And this morning, um, Noah said something about the Holy Spirit, um, sort of being around you, hovering around you. And, and I got the sense that that has always been for you, only you've not known that. But actually, from today on, you will know that presence of the Holy Spirit around you. And I've got a picture a bit like, I don't know if you like Disney, I don't even know if you like Tinkerbell, but you know that, that pixie dust that she, she uh, spreads over you, that, that it's just going to be with you always. And as you walk up mountains, wherever, you're going to drop that pixie dust, that Holy Spirit, and the people that are surrounding you are, are going to pick that up and take it with them. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in. I just, there's this plastic thing floating around here, and Steve said to me, it's just, it's just dispersing the right kind of chemicals to make the water right. And, and the moment you got in the water, I just felt the Lord say, yeah, it's true. Wherever he drops you, whatever pool he drops you in in the world, whether it's a fresh place or whether it's a stagnant, broken place, you're a releaser of his beautiful presence. Uh, and he's given you just the right measure. And I think even for you again, I'm, I'm seeing these two lines here, minimum and maximum. And just this expectation you carry now, Soph, that, that the high watermark in your life in terms of the soaking and the weight of the Holy Spirit's presence in life is higher and higher and higher. It's not, what it, it's not an encounter at New Day. It's not what you knew at times when you were younger. But there's just a, uh, there's a filling and a filling and a filling. And you're going to walk in this flow of the Spirit that means wherever you go, you're dispensing dispersing this life and beauty and love and compassion of of Jesus and it's it's gonna it changes the atmosphere um, it it, tur it turns the uh, it turns the stagnant into living uh, it's a work of the Holy Spirit through you it's part of who you are and who he's called you to be and uh, and uh, you can go confidently into every pool and pond that he drops you in says the Lord when I was praying for you this morning um I got the word bloodline and how I was thinking about your family and what you've been born into, you know, family on a mission. But actually, God reminding me that you have also been born into his bloodline, that you're part of his mission and what he's called to you, not only by your family, but actually the blessing of being in his bloodline. And I also got the word a refuge, but specifically for women, I feel like you're going to be a safe place 
place for women to come, that you'll be able to, yeah, spread that Holy Spirit that's going to be around you and that there's going to be a comfort and a refuge for women to come to. And sometimes you won't know the words, but just being there and being open to the Spirit moving, that is where people are going to come and know Jesus because it's just oozing out of you. It's overflowing out of you. And God is going to grow that deeper and deeper in your heart. And you're just going to see lots of people coming to know Jesus. Let's get one more from before, uh, before everyone gets cold. Okay, we've got two more then. Go. Yeah, Sophie, um, just a quick one. i got a very direct um, picture for you. Um, and I feel like God wants to say, do not worry about purpose, because just as the wind blows wherever it pleases, I'm going to blow you wherever I please. And your life is going to be significant is going to be significant for God, is going to be significant for the gospel. Um, but don't worry about specific purpose because God's going to use you across different waves. God's going to use you across different moves and movements. And um, yeah, just, just want to run with. Um, when I was a teenager, um, I learned Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 to Nelly the Elephant, which I'm not going to sing. <laughs> but no. But, but I will say it now in the, in the words that I, um, yeah, that I learned it, which is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. Amen. Yeah, this just backs up really what everyone's been saying about your purpose, really. Um, when I was praying for you, as I have done for your whole life, um, but I can't get the version up that I've written in my little book, so it's come up as the message, and it says, um, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear, so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do, and to grasp the immensity of his, this glorious way of life he has for you, Sophie. That's from Ephesians 1. Amen. Um, I'm about to wrap up now. Just to say to you, Sophie, I, I, um, Ali mentioned about kinks in the world. It's always, oh, word, what came to mind is a bend in the river, which is a new direction. And so there's something about this quite mundane activity really being actually a mark of a new direction for you. Amen. So we're going to wrap up there. We're going to do this every month. So, you know, Every month we're going to have baptism. So if you're not being baptized, your next opportunity is next month. Um, if you want to get baptized earlier, you can, but we can definitely have an opportunity next month. If you're a visitor, we invite you to stay with us. We can have tea and coffee at, 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 the, at the end of the corridor. And um, we also have connect forms for you to fill in. Amen. I'll close in prayer. Lord Jesus, will you bless Sophie, you bless Merv um, after this step of obedience. And will you be with us all until we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen.